So why is it, why is it important you're down here tonight? Oh, it's the Jets. This is awesome. This is unbelievable. We're halfway done, and it's eight more to go, and bring it home. It's just a sense of pride for the city. It's so good to have this back and everyone reacting the way you guys did. It's awesome. So excited. <laughs> oh my word. What a night. Yeah. What a night. I was nervous, as you know, pretty much all day long yesterday. And then for the Jets to come out the way they did, for Pekka Rene to uh, almost gift wrap the, the, the game last night for the Jets. Completely so? unexpected. The Jets scored two goals in the first period that were were stinkers. Uh, Pekka Rene did didn't he lasted uh, under eleven minutes? I think it was ten minutes thirty seven seconds. He got yanked wow. for the third time in the series. So the Jets. Uh, Took care of business after that. We said yesterday that the first goal was going to be imperative for either team to win. And, well, that held true yesterday. And the goaltending challenge and the battle between Rene and Hellebuck. Connor Hellebuck proved last night. For anyone that was questioning or wondering how good this young man is, he's an outstanding goaltender. He's a finalist for the Vesna Trophy for a reason. And it was on full display last night. Yeah, it was... It was neat to hear the on the broadcast last night when the uh, the announcer said, and now words that are being uttered for the first time, the Winnipeg Jets are going to the Western Conference Final. Absolutely. Uh, you just gave me tingles all over again. I broke down and went to Bell MTS Place to watch with about 6,500, maybe 7,000 people last night. It was raucous in there. It was really neat atmosphere. I was there with a couple of buddies, and my brother happened to be there, and it was just, it was just neat to to witness the explosion of emotion when the when the Jets uh, scored, and then of course when they won, uh, the Go Jets Go and the high fives and the hugs and the excitement, the emotion that this has created for our community. We've been talking about it for three weeks now. It's absolutely unprecedented, and it's just so much fun. As we heard in that audio, you made your way down to Portage and Maine. How yes. many people were there? Do you think? Well, <laughs> I was on with Charles Adler after eleven o'clock last night. I said about three thousand people. I think I was over. Overestimating it a little bit, probably maybe between I would say between fifteen hundred and two thousand at its peak. Okay, uh, but it was you could tell right away as soon as we left the arena that people were migrating to Portage and Maine and the Richardson Building. They had the bat signal type Jets logo flashing on the side on the front of the Richardson Building on the Portage and Maine side, and people just gathered right in the middle of the intersection, chanting away, dancing, doing all sorts of. Crazy stuff, and the police closed off the intersection, and 
as far as we know, completely without in, uh, incident. Uh, just an opportunity for Winnipeggers to commiserate and to celebrate something very, very special. Now, here's a question I want to ask, and I, and I don't want to imply anything negative with this, but I am genuinely curious about it because we are uh, approaching mid-May here. This is uncharted territory for Winnipeg hockey fans. Is there any level of... Fatigue. I could see that. I could see that potentially setting in. I mean, uh, we were discussing uh, the idea that when the Blue Bombers go to the Grey Cup from the time that even if they have to go the long way, meaning the maximum number of playoff games, it's two playoff games in the Grey Cup. So in a matter of 12 days, it's sort of all over, right? You've got a Sunday to a Sunday to another Sunday, and then maybe a little bit of excitement leading up to it. And then, well, if you go back to 1990, a few days of celebration on the other side. So on the outside, it's, it's two full weeks right um i could see where some people are going to be financially fatigued for sure yep uh because these tickets are are not cheap it only took about nine minutes after the conclusion of last night's game for the jets to send out the emails to season ticket holders hey your credit card's getting charged at nine o'clock tomorrow morning (laughs) for the next round if you're paying as you go so uh financial fatigue and then of course Game one's already tomorrow night. How many people have weddings, wedding socials, different events that they've planned uh, that are going to be scrambling either to get out of those commitments or to uh, juggle those commitments? So I I could see where it could be. But when you're talking uncharted territory like this, I think people are going to acclimatize just fine. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly, it's obviously very exciting now that Winnipeg, I mean, they've taken out the best team in the league. Well, leading the president's trophy, correct. Uh, the top finishing team in the league, but the argument I think was made that the Jets were the hottest team in the league going into the playoffs because mm-hmm. they'd won was it ten in a row or something? Yeah, they'd won uh, twelve of their last thirteen and uh, something crazy like that. And and of course to go into Nashville, they didn't lose a game in regulation time in that building. So the only game they lost was the double overtime game. They wow. won all three other games. This is a team; they're a young team, but. Hats off to Kevin Sheveldayoff for making that trade for Paul Stastny. He has been a real calming force for that Jets locker room. Connor Hellebuck, I'll mention it again, the goaltending. We mentioned three things going into the game last night that were going to be key. The first goal, the goaltending, and then I don't know if we mentioned it here, but in conversation throughout the day, the best players, you know it's a cliche about your best players have to be your best players. Well, the Jets' best players were their best players last night. And uh, away we go. It's another uh, it's another ride and against the Vegas Golden Knights of all teams. You gotta be kidding me. I'm only happy when it rains. Ah, wonderful song by the band Garbage. But if you are looking for rain, then you're gonna think this forecast is garbage because it's been a month without rain. Last month. We saw the driest April in 30 years. So we thought we would check in with senior climatologist for Environment Canada, David Phillips, to find out if there is any precipitation on the way. Mr. Phillips, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Is there any rain coming? <laughs> you know, I don't know where it, if it could, uh, I don't know where it's going to come from. It's just forgotten how to how to rain in uh, southern Manitoba. I mean, it's just a head shaker. I mean, these are the times where normally you're getting um, a good good amounts of, uh, of rain. Now, maybe it's often standing water is the problem, not the fact that you haven't had a drop of rain or a flake of snow in the last 28 days. I mean, that's uh, four weeks without that. And, hey, that is something quite, uh, quite unusual. And this week,
week has been. I mean, you've got the first 30-degree temperature in Canada you had this year, and yesterday you set a record for the coldest uh, uh, um, uh, temperature on, on May, the, May, the, uh, May the 10th. So it's been wacky, but the only common denominator is that there has just been no rain for so long. You have to go back to, to last October, uh, where we began to see very low precipitation totals, and it's continued that way, and hard to break records in, in Winnipeg. We go back to almost 150 years of record, back to the 1870s, and there's never been a drier, a drier time than what we're seeing right now, and it's getting to the point where it's becoming quite, quite serious, a lot of issues with regards to this. Hey, yes, you're not bailing and bagging and swatting mosquitoes, but my gosh, there, there needs to be some kind of rescue range there to, uh, to provide some optimism for backyard gardeners and for, uh, for growers. But, I, you know, guys, I just don't know where it's coming from. I look the next seven days, it's wall-to-wall sunshine, temperatures that are, you know, hardly hockey weather. I mean, eight degrees, um, more than eight degrees warmer than normal. I think uh, maybe in next weekend, I mean, the f- next a week from this weekend, the long weekend, well, that always brings rain, <laughs> rain in Manitoba. The first weekend of summer, so to speak, uh, there, there usually is some precipitation, but that's about the only chance I see, and it's not a, not a done deal for sure. You mentioned that yesterday we set a record for coldest May 10th. What was that record? Well, the, the, what you got yesterday morning uh, was about minus 8.5, and, you know, normal should be about 5. So that was more than a dozen degrees colder than it should be under, under obviously, sunny skies. And it broke the record. The previous record was back in 1890 when on, um, on May the 10th the temperature got dipped down to minus 7.8. You know, in, in my business, you break records by a tenth of a degree. I mean, that was almost a full degree colder than the previous cold as such uh, moment. And then only three days before that, you got the warmest temperature we've seen in all of Canada uh, um, uh, this year, where it got up to, I think it was 30, 31.6. I mean, my gosh, that's, uh, uh, that, that's a, a dozen degrees, uh, more than a dozen degrees warmer than it should be. So, hey, it's been an interesting year, an uh, interesting week from a weather point of view, but hey, uh, what you just can't find is, is any kind of, even when people get excited when the when it sort of clouds over, thinking that there might be a drop of rain, but uh, it it just it just evaporates before it even gets to you guys. And so, as I say, uh, you know, you want a balance in life and 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 weather too. You want that kind of uh, of you know, if you need rain, you you want rain, and you, and sometimes you get it. But boy, it's just been uh, it's been a real dry situation. I'm people are calling it a drought. I think that's probably not embellishing it. I think it clearly is a winter uh, kind of spring drought. Now, the only good news is that June is your normally your wettest month. So maybe June will behave like normal and you'll get some rescue rains and, and, and life will go on. And by that time, you've, uh, you've had your Stanley Cup parade. But uh, I don't know. I mean, it is, uh, it is uh, getting to be a desperate situation for sure. David, I suspect we will have you on speed dial for the next few weeks. So we appreciate you uh, taking some time with us early on this Friday morning. And hopefully you're on the Jets bandwagon. I certainly am, guys, all the way. Bye-bye, guys. David Phillips, Senior Climatologist for Environment Canada. On my weather app, it says right now one degree in snow showers. What? That's what it That's says. That's what you were showing me. Yes. I was looking at the long term. Yeah, one degree in snow showers. So, uh, I, it's cloudy. <laughs> we're, 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 uh, anyway, bizarre to say the least. Thank you, David Phillips. App.
Happy Friday. It's a good Friday for a whole lot of reasons. Barb just says, this is this is a great text message. She says, I wonder how many people will be changing their May long weekend plans now with a road game Friday, home game Sunday. She said, I never thought I would ever or could ever host a Winnipeg Jets playoff game, barbecue, and pool party, but it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's a... That's something that I never would have thought of either. I didn't think that that possible, but hey, that's uh, a wonderful point, and uh, you won't be alone in that, so thank you very much for that. Israel claims it has destroyed nearly all of Iran's military infrastructure in Syria. It's a response to what Israel says is Iran's first direct attack on Israeli army bases. As Jeff Semple reports, now fears of a war are looming in the Middle East. Even after seven terrible years of civil war in Syria, this marks a dangerous new phase. Israeli airstrikes scorching the sky above the Syrian capital. Israel's largest strike in decades, specifically targeting Iranian forces. The Israeli defense minister claimed they had hit nearly all of Iran's key military sites in Syria, reportedly killing at least 23 people. Israel says its strikes were in response to an attack overnight from Iran. 20 Iranian rockets allegedly fired from Syria at the Israeli-occupied Golan Heights. Israel claims those rockets either missed or were shot down. But if true, it would mark the first time Iran has fired rockets directly at Israeli forces. The Israeli Prime Minister declared Iran had crossed a red line by attacking Israeli forces. For years, the two countries have engaged in a proxy war inside Syria. But in recent weeks, as Iran's military has inched closer to the Israeli border, Israel has responded by firing directly on Iranian forces. What you've got is the Iranians who keep talking about declaring that they're going to wipe Israel off the map. Uh, and uh, there's no uh, no future for any kind of uh, Jewish state here. They're almost on our borders now. And analysts say the American president just poured gasoline on the fire by withdrawing from Iran's nuclear deal. There is a broader escalation of tensions across the region, particularly in light of, of the, uh, the U.S. withdrawal from the nuclear deal. Mabon says Iran has lost an incentive to play nice, and Israel is emboldened by the knowledge that it can count on the unqualified support of the United States. Definitely, I think that uh, what we're going to have seen is uh, more of the same, and that would be the uh, good scenario. The two old enemies are entering this dangerous new territory on the eve of what was already expected to be an explosive week. On Monday, the U.S. Embassy officially moves from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. And Tuesday marks the 70th anniversary of the creation of Israel. Both events expected to spark widespread protests and possibly more attacks. On such a celebratory Friday, a very sobering report from Jeff Semple at Global National. Before we get into having coffee talking, uh, something just moved in our newswire here for Behind the Glass. Jerry, he probably already knows about it, but uh, it says Superman may be the man of steel, but he's no death dealer. Yeah, I heard that, uh, was it Action Comics number one sold yesterday, but not as much as uh, the painting of Death Dealer. Frazetta's Death Dealer 6 painting sold for just under one8 million dollars. This is a science fiction and fantasy artist Frank Frazetta 
And that's a record for one of his paintings. So even though comic books featuring the debuts of Superman, the Joker, and Catwoman fetched hundreds of thousands at an auction in Chicago, it was the Death Dealer 6 that was the big star. Sorry, Jerry. Pocket change. Well, the comic wasn't in very good shape. <laughs> oh, and it still went for hundreds of thousands of dollars? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Rich nerds. Rich nerds. Uh, I wonder if they have stock. Maybe they're Google stock rich nerds. Google is about to introduce its new virtual assistant. It's called Duplex, which uses artificial intelligence. It can make phone calls for you and has a voice that sounds real, but it's not. Global National's Robin Gill looks at the security risks that come with it and the freaky factor. Smartphones are becoming obsolete for actually making calls anymore. There's texting, emailing, now a personal assistant to do it for you. Once you start relying on it more and more, Google wants that because you're sharing a lot of personal information about yourself. They could tie it into your calendar and then tell you what times you can actually book the appointment based on your calendar. Google Duplex can conduct somewhat natural conversations with all the ums and ahs without any human involvement except on the other end of the call. See how may I have you? Hi, um, I'd like to reserve a table for Wednesday the 7th. For seven people? Um, it's for four people. Our vision for our assistant is to help you get things done. But as with all forms of modernization, there is always a risk. For instance, they could have me say things like... That isn't Barack Obama, but it's an example of how voices can be manipulated and replicated, and that's a red flag for users. If they can start simulating people's own voices, that's when it gets really scary, because that technology, if in the wrong hands, can be used for criminal purposes. But that wasn't really Robin Gill, which just demonstrates how human like the duplex assistant can set. That, that's not true, is it? That was Robin Gill from Global News. I, I hope so. <laughs> Shanley, do you know something we don't? It's, it, does, it does sound like her, doesn't it? It does. It, was it not? You know, I, it, to me, I, I'm not sure. I think it may have been the duplex. Wow. Well, either way, how much does this freak you out? Christian O'Malley's in for Kelly Moore, Jeff Braun's here, Shanley Vidal, and of course the omnipresent behind the glass, Jerry. Shanley, does this freak you out a little bit to know that there could be a piece of software that emulates your every um and ah and can, I mean, it's great to have somebody do some work for you, but... Well, I've been warning for years about the robot overlords, and clearly they're getting even closer to taking over. And I w it's funny because I wasn't as nervous when I first heard about the story, but after hearing about all the security risks and how they can imitate you, and I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little nervous. And it's weird because Google seems to know a lot about me. It knows my shirt size, which is eerie because I got an email somebody asking me they ordering me a shirt. And, you know, what size I wanted at the bottom of your Google uh, email, it says has some automatic automatic responses, you know, yes, no. And it's like, I want this particular size, please. It knew the exact size that I, I was going to order. I think I'm a large. I don't, I don't even know my own shirt size. Google probably <laughs> does. Ask Google. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Ask Siri. She creepy. probably knows. I don't have any interest in this thing ever doing any work for me. I can handle my own business. Thank you very much. I do worry, though, about You're this. You're the first one it's going to kill. <laughs> I, I got nothing to lose. <laughs> but when I hear this, I Sad. think, what is someday 
someone comes up and says, oh, we've got you on tape saying this. I never said that. Google right. did. But how am I going to be able to say it was Google? It wasn't me saying these things. Well, now the onus of proof is going to be flipped around a little bit, right, Jeff? Yep. And it's, a, it's a, like a, it was another step beyond photoshopping, right? So Because that's already, you know, people have done their damage with that in years past. And we sort of, at this time, you know, we're, we're at a point where... Seeing isn't necessarily believing, right? So we'll have to come up with a bunch of safeguards for this and, you know, passwords and answer a question that only you, only Christian would know. That but Google the knows everything. Could never know. Does it know your blood type? I don't know my blood Probably. type. <laughs> I don't know my blood type either. I've been meaning to f- figure that out. I should actually go give blood now that I know that what. I don't know my blood type either. I think <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm with really? you. I'm like, Every yes, I need to know. Yeah. Am I the only one here who actually knows their own blood type? I think so. Jeff? It's none of your business. <laughs> Jerry? I have no idea. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I think I'm O positive. We went over this a month ago in the newsroom, and I texted my mom, and I think she said O positive. What's the universal one? It is uh, O negative, can give blood to any blood type, but can only get blood from O negative, and O positive can uh, can give blood to any of the positives, but can only get blood from o, o positive or O negative. Oh, yeah. In the event of an emergency transfusion, we know exactly who to turn <laughs> to for help. Jen That's Levedel. why the robot overlords are eyeing you, because in the in the event that they need blood, they're just going to come looking for you. Maybe they're in the cahoots with the with the vampires. Jerry, how do you feel about this automated voice doing work for you? It's like an automated automated valet. Like I'd like it to order the lumber for my deck. For I like me. it. I like it. It's a lot cheaper than actually paying some guy to do it for me. Which, of yeah. course, you normally do, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I, 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 about, I can let him go now. I'm worried about when Chorus realizes it's a lot cheaper than <laughs> paying me to do the news. Yeah, that's that's a yeah, that's yeah. a legitimate thing because I wonder if is this going to eliminate any kind of voicing work if you can get a robot to do it. I mean, how many YouTube videos have we have you gone to where you're just looking for information on something, and you go to it and it's just a series of pictures that have been cobbled together, and then someone has typed in a script and it's that robot in uh, Israel today. Missiles were fired on. Iranian forces, that kind of thing. But there was an unnatural sound to a lot of it. But hearing this report, the ums and the ahs, it, it makes it sound supernatural. That's my point, though, is that is, is that going to replace the, the need for the robots? Now. And then is that going to replace the need for actual people? I think so. That's I don't know how so, I don't know how soon that's going to be if it's going to be within the next decade or two or if it's not in our lifetime but I yeah. think it's sooner rather than later. We'll see. I remember in 1997 when Titanic came out there were little uh there were digital people walking on the decks in the wide shots and everyone's like oh my god in 5 years we will nev- we won't need actors cuz we'll just get computers to do everything. Yeah. They're still actors. So. Yeah, they haven't figured out they haven't even come close to making uh, CG faces look realistic. We've got a couple of uh, well, there's a text here and there's a tweet here. Andy texted saying Skynet is rubbing its virtual hands in glee. Skynet, of course, the uh, the machine overlord in the Terminator series. And then this is a tweet that I just found on uh, an article here that says, Soon. Hey, Google, break up with my girlfriend tomorrow night. <laughs> Google, hi, I'm calling for a client. (laughs) (laughs) That that might not be the worst part of it. There's one thing that, oh, sorry. One thing that I've noticed that sort of distresses me just in my own life with Siri on my phone, when I ask Siri, just any any new messages or or what's the temperature, that sort of thing, I say thank you at the end after she answers me. Mm -hmm. And then I I feel weird about that after I say it. (laughs) But I feel more weird if I don't say it. Yes. And sometimes when it screws up, I yell at it or swear at it. And then I feel 
guilty. I you feel may bad. you may be <laughs> Canadian if yeah, you have I an emotional so. connection <laughs> yeah. to and this robot like, voice. In the back of my head, I was like, "It's not real. It's not real. You don't have to." Register any feelings about it whatsoever. Well, Did you're what? watching the latest season of Silicon Valley, right? Yeah. And they had that artificial intelligence yeah, yeah. and that robot, and I think Jared was falling in love <laughs> yeah. with it. So, I mean... Spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? No. Season finale for that coming up on Sunday, by the way. Jeez, I got some work to do, though. You do? You gotta get I caught up, the man. Season <laughs> yet. Didn't Joaquin Phoenix star in a film with Scarlett Johansson? She, her. Her. Yeah, Thank you. Her. Great movie. <laughs> that, that was, that was, that was like, that was, she was the voice of like Siri sort of, quote yeah. unquote, right? Yeah, and he fell yeah. in love with her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I did see that. Is that what's happening right now, Jeff? I'm not falling in love with Siri. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I, I do feel like are Apple you, should take my though? mortgage. Are you friends with benefits or anything like that? No? I don't know. We haven't gotten that far. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't understand overall this race, as as Shanley pointed out, this race to, to co- create artificial intelligence. I mean, we've been warning about this in science fiction forever, and here we are trying to get there, and it's only a matter of time before... I know I sound like a conspiracy lunatic, but... No, no you sound like a grandfather. You the sound thing, like a grandparent. Well, you always hear about these guys in Silicon Valley where, and the ethos is, no one ever asks, should we do something? They only ask, can we do something? Yeah. And they try and figure it out, and no one takes half a second to think, should we bother doing this? I will say what you benefit. just said, Brett, is probably words that were also uttered 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, that it's coming and we're racing towards it, and it, you know, we're still here. How yeah. People were aghast on that episode of Downton Abbey when they brought a radio into the house. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Would the radio have qualified as a robot or overlord back in that time, Shanley? To them, I think it would have. I think it would have, too. 657 on 680 CJOB. You can text us your thoughts, 204-780-6868. I want to say that Greg is one of many Winnipeggers excited for tomorrow night because as of tomorrow night, only six days until Deadpool 2. <laughs> yes, Brett, you read my mind. That's ex- exactly what I'm counting down to. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm just uh, sorry. It's <laughs> great. <laughs> We've got to keep it balanced here. <laughs> Pretty obvious when Greg and many of us are excited for tomorrow night, the Winnipeg Jets. Open the Western Conference final words that have never been said before 12 hours ago. You got it right. Now, I got a text message while we were in the 630 News from my buddy Jared, who lives in Calgary. We actually share our season tickets together. We've been going to Jets games together since 1991. And uh, he texted to say I'm coming in for the game tomorrow night. So looking forward to seeing him and uh, so many people downtown. It's going to be Fantastic. I, I don't know what's going to happen with the with the viewing party downtown tomorrow night, but do they not have to expand it on a Saturday night Western Conference final? I don't know. I haven't we haven't seen anything in terms of a news release about details being released later today about what's going to happen tomorrow. But I got to tell you, I, I would be very surprised if they're not expanding that thing. And maybe on to Portage Avenue. It'll be interesting to see uh, what happens with that. But uh, keep it locked here because uh, we'll have it here first. Now, we want to play something for you. But before we do that, 
We kind of think we want to open the phones here, right, Greg? Yeah, you know what? This is so much about you and about how happy and excited you are. We're getting the text messages galore, Facebook feedback, Twitter feedback. Yeah, you know what? We don't very often take calls on this program, but if you are inclined to join us and to talk about how you're feeling this morning and about the Jets, no pressure. If you'd like to call in, we will uh, cut the audio short on what we're going to play uh, a little bit of a revisit with Kathy Kennedy's outstanding interview with three Winnipeg Jet legends from uh, yesterday afternoon. That's right. The 1970s Winnipeg Jets hotline is back in town. Bobby Hull, Anders Hedberg, and Ulf Nielsen sat down with 680 CJOB's Kathy Kennedy yesterday afternoon from 1 until 2 o'clock to talk Jets 2.0 and to reminisce on their own playing days. Coming out the center ice with Hull, up to the blue line, shot, score! I want to go around this incredible hockey panel, and I want to get predictions for Game 7 tonight. Yes, I'm going to make you predict. It's pure guessing, because it can go well, sure. either way. My heart is obviously saying Winnipeg, so yep. I, I, I'll go with Winnipeg, but that's... Pure guessing, nothing okay. else. If I was a betting man, I wouldn't want to bet. <laughs> exactly. One way or another. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, Good call. It, it's been a great series, and whomever wants it the most will win. Yeah. Now, yeah. But if, bet, bet on Nashville, and you're happy if Winnipeg wins. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's an awesome team. It's very balanced, I think. Great goaltending, and they have... A lot of guys that can score. Unfortunately, not the last game, but uh, yeah, hopefully tonight they get Liney going. And Chevy has done some pretty good drafting, oh, right, Anders? Yeah, they've things. done very well. They wonderful have they things. have lots of good pieces. I mean, from the goaltending that looks like a real, real good and can be with Rinne. Uh, they have def- defense that are big and they join in the offensive. They have to be, the D has to be part of the offense today. And they have guys that can skate like Ehlers and they have guys that can really think. Right. And so they have all kinds and they have grinders and workers <laughs> and hey, and it's going to be, buff. but unfortunately <laughs> Nashville has also all those ingredients. It's going to be a hell of a game. People here in Winnipeg during the 70s, when Anders and Alfie and Lars Eric and the, the, the gang came, used to take an early lunch just to come over and watch us practice. Yeah. Our practice <laughs> had more going on in it than the majority of the games. Wow. And you're you're absolutely yeah. right. It, it was a it was I I was out there, but if I'd have been sitting on the bench, I'd have got so involved with watching these guys. It, it would have been they, they 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 rejuvenated my career. I was ready to hang them up back in the early seventies, but they when they well first time out in the ice at St. James. Woo-hoo. Anders, your thoughts? Uh, it was very special. We were absolutely new in North America, never been in Canada, or United States, and suddenly we arrived in a place like Winnipeg that had the same relationship to our game that I've had. I loved it, and the fans loved it, and we were able to get together with Bobby. And as Bobby said, first time, first time we ever skated together at St. James uh, Civic Center. It, c- Civic Center. <laughs> yeah. Prior to the Team Canada '74, it worked. The antennas were up. 
we could figure it out. We would be exchanging positions. I had never played right wing before. Bobby said, hey, kid, you better get over on the right side because I've been on the left side all my life. And it worked out perfect. And Ulf was the coordinator between it all. And it worked. It was an unbelievable feeling. There was three yeah. shooting them in and four fishing them out. I want to talk because the the... You know the the extra thing that we have in Winnipeg is the fans, and which Nashville does not, right? So it's the sixth man. Talk to us about the Winnipeg Jets fans when you guys played. We we made them that way back when they lost the team here, and they well, came to me yeah. and said, "Bobby, how do we save the team?" I said, "I've been telling you for ten years that you got to come out and support your team before they'll build you a new rink." Well, so finally, they got the word. They got the, the the they decided to support their team, and that's why and, they have that that fan base now. And I remember uh, the day we announced that the team was coming back, and I had a one on one with Gary Bettman, and uh, Gary was kind of shaking his head, thinking there is no way we are going to sell ten thousand season tickets. And here we are. So, but talk to us about. I was in Stockholm. I was following the 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 end of that uh, and. Almost, I was awake or on internet, and I was so excited knowing. And then it was took seventeen minutes and sell out the arena. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was in Stockholm sitting watching it on internet yeah. and was incredibly excited because I know the fans in in Winnipeg. Well, they just and talk to, love to the us game. about they the fans the when you game. guys played. I mean, they were just as passionate. Oh yeah, and knowledgeable. Right. I mean, you have a relationship with a game that they don't have in Nashville. I mean, here, if, you, if you're a male or female, a boy or a girl, or old or young, they all have, if they haven't played themselves, they have a buddy that played or a parent that played or the kid that played, and they spend times in all these cold ice rinks, and they some of them in little warmer rinks, and some of them have been outdoors. So that relationships, they will never get in Nashville. It's See, we impossible. Had, we had an open door to our dressing room right. where people could go come by and if they wanted to come in and say, attaboy, Andrews, way to go, I'll see you. Then really? The, oh, yeah. And then th- that, that was good. That was the hotline in conversation with our own Kathy Kennedy from yesterday afternoon. Maybe history is repeating itself in 1978, the Winnipeg Jets won the Avco Cup World Trophy on May 20th. That celebration of that championship going on this weekend here in Winnipeg. Jeff Kerbison bringing the hotline and several other former Winnipeg Jets to Winnipeg for a celebration tomorrow at the Fort Gary Hotel that was supposed to go tomorrow night, but now with the Jets game happening, it'll be moved earlier into the day. I've reached out to Jeff to find out when that is changing and and exactly what they're doing with that event. And then, of course, the Jets now heading into the Western Conference Final as they need four more wins to get into the Stanley Cup final 40 years after that last Avco Cup trophy with Anders Hedberg and Ulf Nielsen, of course, two year, uh, the next year they would win one without them. You can see that entire interview, by the way, Brett. I know you m- mentioned it uh, to me. It's available on our Facebook page, correct? The 680 CJOB Facebook page. Just click on videos. It is the first one. You can watch the full 63 minute and 27 second video unedited in its full glory. Jerry. 
You, you, know, the, you know the saying? Have Nailed had, it. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> what, have you ever had this? I've had this asked of me because I'm a terrible singer. And I'll never forget the first time somebody said, uh, what'd you do with the money? I'm like, what? Oh. <laughs> what'd you do with the money? What are you talking about? The money your mama gave you for singing lessons. What'd you do with the money? What'd you do with the money for those trumpet lessons, Jerry? Tuba lessons, recorder lessons instead? Yeah, well, you know, I like to spread it out. Yeah. I thought I did pretty good there. That was a weak I, I effort. Thought, I, I kind of liked it. Terrible. At least, uh, you know, it made me laugh. Hey, Jeff Braun's here. <laughs> One half of the Couch Potatoes. Couch Potatoes on Saturdays at noon, Sundays at 6, and you can get the podcast, Google Play, and iTunes. And uh, this week, actually, we're going to celebrate a monumental anniversary that is coming up on Monday, so oh, tune in for that. Oh, yeah. But before we tell you about the new movies that are out this weekend, we got to talk about this. ATVs? The only thing you're selling is a huge pile of bunk. How did you get here so fast? You were walking. I was power walking. Roll hill, balto, roll hill, balto. <laughs> Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Fox has canceled it. Now that's a pile of bunk. They it foxed is. up. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Careful wordplay. They did. Yeah, five seasons. This is a show that typically is on the bubble, and it always gets this last-second renewal. Jeff, for those who are unfamiliar with Brooklyn Nine-Nine, can you give us a snapshot? It's just about a police precinct in New York City, and it's a sitcom, and it's hilarious. And so, like, uh, Haven't seen a, a sitcom about a police precinct since what? Barney Miller? It's, I was going to say, it's Barney Miller on steroids. Yeah, it's hilarious. Andy Samberg is the main star. Andre Brower is the main co-star. Terry Crews is in it, along with a wonderful cast. And it was canceled, and they were not sort of prepared for it to be a series finale. The show's creators say that the final episode, which is coming up in, I guess, 10 days or whatever, will... I guess, serve as an effective series finale because it's the wedding episode, but there's already good news or there's already hope on the horizon, right, Jeff? Apparently, yeah, Hulu and NBC and a bunch of other, uh, you know, little cable outlets or whatever have already called these guys uh, just to start talking about maybe bringing it back on a different channel. Yeah, now Fox, uh, they also blew out The Last Man on Earth and The Mick and uh, New Girl as well is another comedy that actually is ending. It, it wasn't a canceled show, or I guess they canceled it. They said, we'll give it one more season. Part of this has to do as well with Fox getting ready to make room for Thursday Night Football. It is a shame, though, that uh, they're doing it at the expense of these shows. Not unprecedented for shows as well to get picked up. Cougar Town, you remember that, was on ABC. TBS ended up picking it up. Courtney yep. Cox, right? Yep. And then Hulu saved the Mindy Project after it was dropped by Fox. Right, right. So there is hope for Brooklyn Nine-Nine. But now let's talk about movies. You want to start with Life of the Party? Mm-hmm. Let's see, let's see what Melissa McCarthy's going back to school for. I don't regret staying at home and being your mom, but I regret not getting my degree. That's why somebody's mom just enrolled in college. <laughs> I'm referring to myself. I'll see you around the quad. Nobody says that, Mom. Well, bring it back. Everybody loves a fish out of water story, I guess. Remember uh, the Rodney Dangerfield movie, Back to School? <laughs> that, now that was funny. Yeah, well, this is that with uh, Melissa McCarthy instead. That won't be funny. So she plays a divorced mom who goes to college and hijinks ensue. I think those dads just checked you out. We're just looking at my smock. It tends to catch the light. Mom, you're a college girl now, and we got to make some changes. No, we don't know where that's been. Oh, God, it's full of hair. Come on, let me at it. No! Oh, God, No! What are you, 20? Okay. Oh, I'm 21. Okay. Now, 
Melissa McCarthy has had some great movies and some not so great movies, right? Yeah, and the weird, weirdly, the common denominator with her stinkers tends to be that they're the ones directed by Ben Falcone, who's her husband, mm. which oh. makes things a little awkward. But I guess he's getting these jobs because he can, you know, book her to be in the movie. <laughs> but then the movies turn out bad, though, and the ones she does with Kevin Feig are the the funny ones. That's your bridesmaid, Heat, uh, Spy, Ghostbusters, whatever. So, yeah, but then she teams up with her husband for stuff like this and Tammy. Tammy was a different kind of bad, right? That was a horrible movie. I can't even remember which one that was. Oh. Yeah, I don't either. The Boss, she was the in boss, that. The Boss, that's right, yeah. Well, and here's the word. 40% on Rotten Tomatoes right now for Life of the Party. So maybe you should stay away. Perhaps you want to try this one that's opening just in time for Mother's Day. It's a movie called Breaking In. You grew up here? Why are you selling it? That's what you do when someone passes away. Check it out. Fully automated security system. Windows have retractable shields. This place is a fortress. I guess some people get paranoid in their old age. What were you trying to hide, Dad? I just want to say again how sorry I was to hear about your father. I just want to make it through the weekend and come home. Mom? I swear to God, if you're hiding something... Well... Just made Greg jump. Gee whiz. Yeah, Jeff likes it when I do those. I hate that. <laughs> Gabrielle Union stars as the mother of a daughter and son. They go out to her dad's old house in the country. It's this big old house. Comes with a few surprises, as we heard there. Extra security. Turns out some bad dudes led by Billy Burke. Uh, they've, they've invaded the house. So they grab her kids and they lock her out of the house, which is like a fortress, so she has to fight her way back in. But she's a mom, and it's Mother's Day, so she's not going down without a fight. She's gone. Find her. She took out the lights. She's smart. But we have her kids. Now, she's desperate. I'm just a mom. You have no clue what I'm capable of. Apparently not capable of making a good movie because yeah. it's getting 32% on well, Rotten I said, Tomatoes. I was thinking, if those guys are explaining the situation to each other like that while they're in the middle of it. That's kind of weird. <laughs> That's kind of uh, soap opera-ish, isn't it? Yeah. Exposition. Uh, yeah, so tune in to Couch Potatoes this weekend. Again, once again, big anniversary coming up on Monday. Jeff Braun's going to explain that. <laughs> Did you just press stop yeah. on that clip as if to say, none of that movie? Yeah. <laughs> We're nah. not talking yeah. about that yeah, one anymore. That. Actually, let's just, just for fun, let's go out on a, on a happier note. Please. I want to play this again. Yeah, with the ATVs. The only thing you're selling is a huge pile of bunk. As a huge pile of bunk. Selling as a huge pile of bunk. Huge pile of bunk. Huge pile of bunk. Thank you for indulging me. <laughs> you know, I thought uh, that I could only love Andy Samberg for his parody videos on SNL. Yep. I really warmed up to him during this series. Really? Yeah, I really have. I'm still not completely in love with him. I think it's the rest of the cast that I'm in love with on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but I have warmed up to him for sure. Jeff Braun, thank you very much for joining us. Podcast, Google Play and iTunes, The Couch Potatoes, and again, Saturdays at noon, Sundays at 6. Things are heating up. It's the body heat. That's the people finally waking up, jumping up and down because the Jets won last night. Did they even go to bed? Uh, great question. Did, I, did I you about, go to bed? Yeah, I got about three and a half hours. I did a hit with uh, Charles Adler just after 11 o'clock hour time, and then I laid in bed smiling, thinking about the next round, and then... Rolled over, went to sleep. 
Nice. It was easy to get out of bed this morning. It really was. So you would say Winnipeg is good. Winnipeg is good. And you know, it's funny. <laughs> Jeff, bro, people, people are apologizing. Sorry, Canada's closed tomorrow, right? We yeah. have to preface everything with an apology. And when Patrick Laine said those three words, you know what? That's all we needed, right? A little bit of validation from one of our own or from the outside goes a long way. And uh, our next guest is turning three simple words into something very good for a very worthy cause. It's been part of a wildly successful fundraising campaign in support of our friends at Silo Mission. So to tell us more, we're joined by the organizer, Carly Tardiff. Miss Tardiff, welcome. Thank you for having me. So Winnipeg is good. You're wearing the crew neck sweater that um, has, it's a navy blue sweater with white letters, Winnipeg is good. Tell us how this came to be. Well, as most people probably have read by now, I read the Patrick Lining article in the Players' Tribune, and I was actually reading it out loud to my sisters. And I thought to myself, I want clothes that say that. And I looked online, there was nothing with crew necks, so I made one myself. And I wore it to a regular season game. So many people came up to me and asked where I got it. I was like, oh, well, I just kind of threw it together. And someone did mention that I could make money selling it, but I didn't want to rip off someone else's quote and make money on it. So I turned it into a fundraiser. Why Silo Mission? Um, I kind of just played off the sweater for a sweater. It's like you're purchasing this and you can clothe someone, you can feed someone. So Silo seemed like a logical fit. This whole, the past few weeks uh, with what the Jets are, are doing in the playoffs, you can put the hockey stuff aside. I'm as big a hockey fan as it comes. But for me, I'm getting emotional just hearing your story because I was getting text messages last night from grown men who were saying that they're watching what's going on with tears in their eyes. And it's not just about the Jets. It's about our love of Winnipeg and our sense of community that is really shining through right now, Carly. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm so that's so good on you for taking advantage. So, how many of these uh, sweatshirts have you sold, and have you got more to sell? Uh, tell us, tell us some business stuff. Well, right now we're at 260 sold. I'm contemplating doing another order, but so like you're you're out. I'm out. I'm completely uh, completely sold out now. Okay, but you're contemplating doing another order. I am contemplating it, either crewnecks or t-shirts. But I also don't want to be left with stock and short silom. You think that you're going to be, you think that you won't sell out? I'm not sure. Because it's starting to get a little warm to wear the sweater. That's exactly it. So I'm like t-shirts, crewnecks. I'm considering like the market saturation now. Oh, 260. <laughs> that, that's an exclusive item. I know. Like I'm wearing my Winnipeg Thunder hat today and there's only, I think, 70 from Okanor and there's only 75 of these. So whenever I see another one, it's always kind of a weird thing. So if I was wearing the sweater and saw someone walking down the street with it, I'd be like, yeah, man, we're part of a part of a small club. So I think, uh, and I, I if, if you had t-shirts and brought them here, I would have bought one from you. And that's today. the thing, right? Like when I see people wearing them, I get so excited. Yeah, go over and give them a high five or something. And that's the thing that's going on with this Winnipeg is good with the Jets in general. It's bringing the community together. So uh, why, don't, uh, why don't you just throw it out? Let's get some pre-orders and then decide if you're going to do another run. I, I mean, I think you should. It's easy for me to say, <laughs> but I think you should. Is there a way that people can get in touch with you? Is there a way that people can nudge you? Are there <laughs> ways that maybe people can pre-order these things? And then that way you can take all the risk out of it since you're doing it for such a worthy cause. Well, if you're listening out there and you want a Winnipeg is good crew neck or t-shirt, shoot me an email at winnipegisgood at gmail.com 
and it might push me in that direction. And I'll uh, get a picture after as well of the three of us. Uh, and you can follow me on Instagram at Brett McGarry if you want to see the sweater. But you've also got uh, social media of your own. Uh, is there a Facebook page for Winnipeg is Good? There's not a Facebook page, but on my personal Instagram, uh, Carly underscore Tardiff. Um, and the hashtag Winnipeg is good. I've been getting people who buy them to hashtag it because we uh, are doing a sweater giveaway. So there is technically one up for grabs right now. But if you search the hashtag Winnipeg is good, you can see my sweater there. Now you have, uh, I mean, doing this kind of fundraising stuff is a, a passion for you. Uh, can we ask you the organization that you work for? I work for an organization called Funding Change, and they are an online raffle platform that not-for-profits can utilize to raise money. Online raffle platform. Mm-hmm. So, what would that entail if I am, am if I am a nonprofit and I come to Funding Change? What am I getting? Um, you're getting the support from us, obviously. It's free to set up, and like a fifty-fifty raffle, for example, with paper tickets. We take all the paper tickets out of it. There is so much less administrative uh, duties behind it, and like I said, there's no risk. We just take a percentage of whatever you make. And you have a podcast coming up. You're working on a podcast oh, for we them. We are. We are. So our podcast is going to be called Forward. We've had a lot of awesome guests. You guys are going to be coming on it now, so that's right the verbal. <laughs> When's that going to launch? We're not sure yet. We're just trying to like roster some guests so we can have like a successful run. Okay. Now, speaking of a successful run, you are wearing the sweater. You're wearing really are the I, I, what do you call those gloves? You got these like sort of half gloves with. Oh, the, that's just my Lulu shirt. <laughs> no, it's just it's part of your sweater. Okay. Lulu lemon. Lulu lemon. I need new. Uh, I'm gonna take like, you yoga pants or I'm something. Take sweatpants, you. yeah. Because yep. mine are all dead. I need to get some. I new need pants. some studio pants, man. Oh, Lulu lemon is the place. I've had this yeah. for three years. It's the best. Yeah. It's the best. Hey, uh, hate to interrupt this, but uh, some breaking news out of Winnipeg Blue Bomber camp. Darian Durant who was scheduled to become the backup quarterback for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers this uh, season, has decided to retire. Oh, my God. This announcement just uh, coming on his website. Uh, we've got this from uh, Global News, just got it in the form of an email that uh, Darian Durant has decided to retire from the Canadian Football League. More on that as we make our way through the morning. We only got about 45 seconds left here. You're out of the, the crew neck sweaters for now, but you do have bumper stickers? I do have bumper stickers right now. So how does one get a bumper sticker for Winnipeg is Good? If you want a bumper sticker for Winnipeg is Good, email winnipegisgood at gmail.com. When do you present the money to Silo Mission? Um, I'm hoping to when the playoff run is over, so when we get the cup. Oh, <laughs> when we get the cup. Yeah. There I like this younger generation. It's so matter of fact. We're going to get the cup in June. Optimism. Carly Tardiff, thank you very much. And once again, Winnipeg is good at gmail.com. Did I remember that correctly? You got it. If you want to ask her, if you want to nudge her, implore her to come up with more clothing, I am personally vouching for the t-shirts. I'd love to have a Winnipeg is good t-shirt because, hey, if the Jets are going to play into June, I don't want to be wearing a sweater and during the whiteout party. <laughs> Greg Mackling, Brett McGarry with you on this absolutely fantastic Friday. Behind the glass, Jerry. 38 special? Yes, sir. Oh, man. Not a, not a horrible song. It's fun. I like it. That was fun in my head. I yeah. was bouncing around like a Muppet in here, so kind of felt like Kermit the Frog, just <laughs> rocking back and forth. <laughs> Animal. Animal. <laughs> Um, That's really good, man. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, look at that. Greg pulled out an impression. I, 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 Jerry, did it pass muster? 
Yes, that was very good. <laughs> I'm always worried about doing voices when Jerry's around because he's the master of it all. D- did you like teachers as a rule growing up? Uh, generally, yeah. I, and I think I grew to like them more as I went along. Of course, I think I didn't like them when I was a little, little kid because I think that's just what you do. But uh, by grade six, that's where I really started to warm up to Monsieur Bilodeau in grade six. Which, or uh, Sir which Bill, as we called Like him. he was just your overall teacher, yeah. right? Because you don't have uh, different classes at that point. Yeah, that's right. Well, we're going to find out when kids typically drop out and, and tune out of the science curriculum. We're joined now by a Winnipegger who's received national recognition for his program. It's called the Youth Biolab Jeunesse en Francais at St. Boniface Hospital. It's in the Elbrickson Research Centre. Stephen Jones was awarded the Prime Minister's Teaching Excellence in Science, Technology, Engineering and Mathematics for his remarkable achievements with students. And I've been in this lab when Stephen is working with the students. And uh, Steve, my friend, congratulations on this. Thanks very much, Craig. Good to be with you. Well, we, we uh, you know what, uh, so proud of you. Uh, as uh, For those that uh, don't listen to the health report, we've had Steve on the health report pretty much every year for the last seven years to talk about this youth bio lab. For those that are unfamiliar with it, Steve, give us a little bit of a tour on the radio here this morning. Well, sure. We're at the St. Boniface Hospital Research, Albuquerque Research Center, um, and I was fortunate enough about five years ago uh, with the support of the Hospital Foundation and Manitoba Education, they built me the biggest, most beautiful lab in the building. And uh, what we ended up with is a giant teaching lab, and we bring kids in all the way from grade 5 all the way up to grade 12 pretty much every day of the school year. And, and really our job is to get them excited about science and connect what we do uh, here in research in Manitoba uh, to what they're learning about in the curriculum. So what kind of stuff goes on in the Youth Biolab Jeunesse, Mr. Jones? So it's everything from, uh, you know, heart dissections and all the way up to working with live cells and stem cells and uh, DNA work. It uh, really reflects all the, all the things we do here at the Research Centre and all the things that we want kids to actually have some, some real hands-on experience with to experience it themselves. And now when this program first started, it sort of was a connection to the immediate community in and around St. Boniface, but it has grown in scope dramatically. Yeah, I started here in research a long time ago, almost 20 years ago, and uh, kind of made the transition into into education. And we started looking at a way, you know, how can we really share what we do here? How can we support our community in terms of uh, health literacy, getting more health information out into uh, into our own community? And so we started in partnership with the uh, Louis Riel School Division in, in 2005, and that was kind of me driving around every school in the division, uh, working with teachers to figure out how we can support what they do. And the success of that partnership with uh, with Louis Riel has really blossomed into what we have now in the lab and, and partnerships with school divisions across the province. So it's only one of 17 awards across the country for this kind of teaching for STEM teaching, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. So when you're just one of uh, 17, um, that's kind of, a, kind of an exclusive club, isn't it? Yeah, it's a huge honor, and especially as someone who kind of works, you know, outside the traditional uh, education system, I'm I'm really honored that they that they've recognized some of the work we've done here. Um, but it, it, you know, I always have to say, like, it's it's not just me; it's it's really the 
the curiosity of the kids every day that uh, that makes this a success, and it's really the participation of, of teachers and uh, school divisions and uh, and all the other people uh, that work with me here and uh, and at the research center that make it make it possible. And I know Megan is such a huge help in the lab as well. You acknowledged her in your comments when you received the award. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. She's actually you know our, we're looking at extending our reach. She's heading up to Cross Lake First Nation next week to kind of share some of the stuff that we uh, that we do and and looking at expanding what we're doing over the next bunch of years, over the next five years. So of the, over the last five years, since 2013, how many students have actually come through the lab, Steve? So we've had, we've actually hit over 20,000 kids through the lab. It's, it's, it's remarkable to think about, but every year we're, we're pushing the numbers higher and higher. This year we seem to be pretty much at capacity, but this year probably looking at almost 5,000 kids coming to experience what we do here at the Research Centre. And at what age do kids typically start to lose interest in science? And why is it so critical that we, we, we encourage them to maintain an interest in these, in these topics, in these subjects? Well, and this is the challenge, and I think we probably, I don't know if you spoke about this over the last couple of weeks, but the uh, pan-Canadian results came out, and once again, Manitoba's kind of near the bottom, and, and this is the important, uh, this is where we got to start looking at how do we get kids interested in, in innovation and in technology um, and in science, and it's it's really that that age group, that grade five to eight, right? Like, and that's that's my favorite age group to work with. That's, but that's where I think, and I think from all our own personal experience, we all know that's where you become interested in things. And it might be that one teacher that gets you interested, but I, I think that's where kids decide, am I going to like science or am I going to hate science? Am I going to like math? Am I going to hate math? Um, and from the hospital side too, you know, how am I going to live the rest of my life when we start talking about health? That's where we make a lot of important decisions that stick with us for the rest of our lives. So is there anything you're looking to, or that you would like to see added to the lab? Well, now that we're at capacity, I mean, we, that's kind of the next big question is what do we do over the next five years? How do we, how do we reach more and more and more kids? So it's, uh, you know, can we, can we expand this model either to other research centers? Can we expand uh, the operational capacity we have here? Um, we've even been kicking around the idea of can we build ourselves a science bus so we can go reach those kids that, uh, that can't get here necessarily uh, from their schools. Like how do, we, how do we reach all those other kids in Manitoba? That's our, that's our next big challenge for the next five years. Steve, your energy is infectious. Uh, you know you're one of my favorite guys over on campus at St. B. Super proud of you if I'm allowed to say that. And uh, congratulations on this award. Uh, well done, my friend. Well, thanks very much. Thanks for your support all the time, Greg. Really appreciate it. All right, Stephen Jones, thank you very much for joining us this morning. He is and has been awarded the Prime Minister's Teaching Excellence Award in Science, Technology, Engineering, and Mathematics for his remarkable achievements with students at the Youth Biolab Jeunesse at the St. Boniface Hospital Albertson, Albertson Research Center. And it's making me think, for one, it sounds like he's making science cool, right? Absolutely. Because I think science ends up being the thing that gets associated with nerds, and therefore it's not cool. But then the kids get to go into a really cool place like this and see just how much fun science can be. And that's making me think of a movie clip that I'm trying to remember which film, and maybe Behind the Glass Jerry knows. But it's I remember, it might have been a movie called Three O'Clock High, where the the, the teacher comes in and he says... I think, and I can't remember if he says science or math, but he says, I think, you think you're cool? Well, I think science is cool. I dig it, man. (laughs) Was that the movie? I think so. I dig it, man. I think I actually might have the clip here. Can you dig it? (laughs) What's that? 
That is from the Warriors. Can you dig it? Yes. All right. Anyway, I can't remember the movie. <laughs> Buying the glass year, and I think it's 3 o'clock. I will try to figure that out. Uh, shout out to RBC as well, who uh, donated $250,000 uh, four years ago to make uh, that lab everything that it is. And I know you've seen it with your own two eyes as well, Brett. Yeah. It's a spectacular space. And uh, Steve and Megan and uh, the support staff there do an incredible job of uh, keeping those kids entertained and learning the science stuff. Can I read this statement from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? You may. This is actually a little surprising to see this. Winnipeg Blue Bombers General Manager Kyle Walters issues the following statement on Darian Durant. We were informed prior to the start of our mini-camp that Darian Durant, along with his family, was reconsidering continuing his career. Given the magnitude of this decision, we asked him to take the time to thoroughly consider his options and inform us of his decision. Ultimately, Darian has not informed the team of his decision, but we were notified through social media this morning that he has decided to retire from professional football. While we respect his decision, we are, of course, extremely disappointed. Until recently, Darian had given us every indication that he was accepting of his role as a backup and prepared to help our offense in any capacity possible We recognize this has been a challenging and difficult process for Darian, and the uncertainty has been challenging from our perspective as well. We will move forward with the quarterbacks we currently have on our roster. That from Kyle Walters, Winnipeg Blue Bombers general manager on the news that Darian Durant this morning announcing his retirement from the Canadian Football League and without playing a single game, a single down, a single snap, retiring from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. That music might be encouraging you to scramble to your computer if you haven't already done it. Now that the Jets are moving on around three of the playoffs, uh, some, if not many, Winnipeggers are likely pondering making the trip down to Sin City to see a little bit of hockey at the end of May, if you can believe that. We thought we'd ask a travel expert to join us this morning on this and other travel topics, but probably more specifically, getting to Vegas anyhow, anyway, never mind the money, because I think it's going to be more logistics than anything, Brett. Kim Policelli, manager of travel marketing for CAA Manitoba, is with us now to talk about Vegas, the potential WestJet pilot strike, and whether travelers are rethinking their Hawaiian vacations. Kim, good morning to you. Good morning. So your phone ringing off the hook this morning, Kim. I know that I saw prices rising by the minute uh, on my, one of my online apps last night, uh, searching out ways to get even close to Vegas, never mind to get into Las Vegas itself. You know, I was I was looking at it too this morning. Yes, prices are starting to rise. Um, I think what um, you have to remember, though, is that uh, at least we recommend um, before booking any flight or hotel or anything, you really have to make sure you secure a ticket before you before you go ahead and make any arrangements. Um, again, the best way is through a reputable company like Ticketmaster, the NHL ticket resale sites. But uh, but after that, if you do get your ticket, um, you know we can. Uh, Work out any any arrangements for you. Book a flight. Um, again, we have a little problem with the WestJet strike um, luring, but uh, there are other airlines that go there. Canada, we've got Delta Airlines. So, um, you know, the travel agents at CAA can uh, make sure that they can put uh, flights and a hotel package together. Um, a lot of times the, the packages are, are a little bit cheaper if you do them together. But, uh, again, if they're just going for the one-night stand, you know, one-night uh, game, it uh, it can get a little costly right now with air. 
Now, WestJet has said that they are, at the very least, committing to not disrupt passenger travel plans over the Victoria Day long weekend. But in terms of average pricing for Las Vegas, let's say I want to go to Las Vegas and I re- just in for a ballpark, say, three-night stay on your typical weekend, is there an average sort of price range for an, for like just a regular sort of econo vacation? Well, you know, you're looking at a good, I'd say, a thousand to twelve hundred dollars for a three night vacation with air and uh, hotel. And again, depending upon what you know hotel you choose, um, obviously the um, you know Circus Circus and Tropicana and the uh, Stratosphere, you can get some really you know uh, fairly. Uh, good pre- uh, packages, package prices to go there. What's nice is that you you know you can go there for the game, and you can also have a little bit extended stay to to enjoy Las Vegas too. So since the uh, the the that's the average price, what are we looking at now to get for well, at least? You know, this morning even when I was looking at it, it was still it was still fairly decent. Um, I'm sure they'll start to go up. Uh, <laughs> As uh, as the days go on, but I mean, um, they're not too bad right now. They're not too bad still. Um, again, some of the packages you can get. I think they were running for almost. Uh, oh, you could you could have gotten something for six to eight hundred, but now they're 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 showing up at around eleven to twelve. So. Yeah, I was uh, looking at just going into Los Angeles. I've got a buddy who lives in San Diego, and I figured we could meet in L.A. And in about forty-five seconds, my flight went from five eighty-three to a thousand dollars. So uh, it doesn't take long for the uh, for the the airlines to to recognize a trend. I'm guessing. Well, no, not at all, not at all. Um, you know, the other thing is the 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 real crazy fans. I mean, it's only about 2,700 kilometers from Winnipeg to Vegas, so it takes about 26 hours, but you could also uh, you could also drive, oh, but uh, you know, with gas prices, they are, that might not be the, the best the best solution. Either. Kim, I have news for you. I have a feeling that the economy here and how much it costs, a lot of people are throwing that right out the window. Yeah. So <laughs> I've got to quickly ask you about Hawaii. Are people rethinking their plans to go to Hawaii with uh, the volcano situation in Kilauea. Well, you know, when something like like this happens, you always get a few people calling to ask questions, but you know, there's absolutely no reason at this time anyways for travelers to to change or alter any of the plans that they've already made. Um, you know, I think it's important to understand that you know, the the Kilauea volcano is is in a remote part of the Big Island and it's less than 10 square miles of that region, right? That's affected. Um, so the most popular places that people are going to see are Hawaii, uh, Oahu, Maui, and, and Kauai, right? And they're hundreds of miles away from that area. Uh, so, you know, there's nothing, nothing there. The Hawaiian Tourist Board is saying that everything is great. Um, so it's, there's no reason to, to stop making your plans or, or to change or alter them. Kim Policelli, we got to leave it there. Kim is manager of travel and marketing for CAA Manitoba, joining us to talk about Vegas, WestJet, and Hawaii. Mackling and McGarry on CJOB. Wednesday, Friday, Jets at Golden Knights. So uh, if you want to go for a road trip, let me know. I, I might even drive. Cavalia. Odiseo making its grand appearance at the White Big Top at Sterling Line Parkway and Keniston Boulevard. It starts tomorrow. It runs until June 10th, and it features 
70 horses on the stage and quite a visual treat tonight. Did not, I confess, I did not see the show the last time it was in Winnipeg and I regretted it every day because every day someone new saw the show and said, why are you not going? And my answer would always sheepishly be, I don't know. So I'm going to correct this. I'm going to rectify this on Tuesday to give us a preview. We're joined by the founder and artistic director, Norman Laturel, along with local singer Maria Aragon, whom you might, a name you might remember. If it's ringing a bell, just let it come. And if not, we'll explain. Uh, she's going to join the show and make her debut in Winnipeg as well. So Norman and Maria, welcome. And thank you thank for joining you. us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So Cavalia, we'll start with you, Norman. For those who are not familiar, maybe they've driven past the tent and they have no idea, maybe they've somehow managed to avoid seeing the billboards that are scattered all throughout Winnipeg. <laughs> what is Cavalia Odiseo? Well, first of all, I want to say we came back because of you. I heard you didn't see the show, so we came back. <laughs> yes! That's hey, the reason why we all, come back. It's all about me. Cavalia <laughs> um, Odiseo is a unique concept. Is a, you know, You've seen the tent, it's a touring show. We've been touring with this show for six years, and we were here in Winnipeg. You just mentioned it three years ago, but it, it includes seventy horses, fifty artists. It's a, it's 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 very hard to explain because it's a unique concept that you can't see anywhere else. If I'd make a shortcut, I would say it's like Cirque du Soleil with horses, but that's a really you know, not the really great. Comparison. Reductive, yeah, almost. a little bit. Um, so it's the biggest touring show in the world. And the reason for that is because we have the biggest stage in the world where, you know, we have a lot of performers, including 74 legs artists. I like to say it's a, it's the first and only 6D show in the world because there's so many layers that you discover on stage. The name Odysseo has come from Odyssey, where you have, it's a journey where horse and man go together to discover a fabulous landscape. And they, they go to through a, a dream world. And uh, as, as the audience, you're sitting front of the stage and you get to see, um, you know, a lot of layers, which mean at first you get to see a forest and then a real mountain appear on stage. And behind that, you have a screen of which is about three times an IMAX theater screen where we have 3D images plus... Uh, you know, of course, we have music, and at the end of the show, uh, the stage get filled with eighty thousand liter of water. So it's a big splash where horse and acrobats and you know riders just enjoy themselves and just it's it's a feel good show. And and also at the same time, it's very emotional because you get to see a real bound between the animal and the people. But it's the it's the perfect marriage between. Um, equestrian arts and performing arts. So, if you are a horse lover, you'll just be blown away what of, about what how you know the horses are so high quality of what they do. But if you're just a somebody who likes to be entertained, this is a feel good show. This is a show also that you have not enough of two eyes to to look at. Obviously, it's an, an extravaganza, and, and that, that might not even suffice. But what is it about our relationship with horses, Norman? Uh, man, women, uh, uh, there is something about our connection with the horse. Uh, it's very visceral for us. You can talk about dogs and cats, but it's different with horses for some reason. What is that? Do you know? Uh, well, we, we I, I kind of, you know, dig a little bit. I'm not, I was not a horse person when I started. I'm one of the guys who started Cirque du Soleil. And as you know, Cirque du Soleil is, and we were 
were always and still proud to say that it's a show without animals. So when I move into a horse, I just discover that horse are really domesticated animal. They're very, I mean, they, they act different than dogs uh, because they're not predator. We are predator, dogs are predator, but horses are very frightened animal. At the same time, if they get confidence, they can give you 10 times more than a dog um, because they, 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 they like to, they're very generous, they're very noble at the same time. Like a dog or a man will look after a fight where a horse will want to escape, which is a different mindset. That have been said, when they come on stage, half of the time they're free, but they feel that they coming closer to, to human, they feel secure because that's all what is all about is you, you have to think about a horse in a field or in the wild. They are surrounded by predators. So all they want to do is find a place where they're secure. And this is why horse are domesticated animal, because if you treat them well, uh, if if you don't hit them, they just find their security next to uh, the trainer. And and when you have this special bound, I mean, horse won't come to me because they don't know me. But the all the trainer and the riders spare their time, like they spend you know hours and hours with them, and uh, they recognize them. Actually, compared to Cirque du Soleil, we don't have masks, heavy makeup because it's the same people who are in the show and the horse recognize not only their voice, not only the way they act, but also their face. And they, they like to be with them. So again, half of the show, the horse are free. And instead of going away, they come back all the time. And that's and because of the size of the stage has nothing to do with the circus. There's no ring. The size of the stage is about twice a hockey ring. Talking of hockey, you know, it's not big enough. It's too big for the Jets. <laughs> and, and, and that's fun to watch. And this is where, you know, you, we get to see a lot of people kind of being touch of how, you know, nature, uh, because this show is a lot about nature, how nature, you know, we lose the sense of nature in our, you know, world of cities and all that. And that's what is, this show is all about. It's about nature. It's about nature talking to us. We're talking about Cavalia Odisseo, which begins tomorrow at the Big Top, the White Big Top, Keniston and Sterling Lion. It runs until June 10th, features 70 horses on the stage in quite the visual treat. We're joined in studio by the founder and artistic director, Norman Latourelle, and local singer, Maria Aragon. Now, Maria, you're going to be a part of this show. For those who... I recognize your name, it, and it took me a couple of seconds this morning when Shanalee said that uh, you're going to be on with us, and I said, why do I know that name? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But for those who maybe are not having that aha moment, why do we know your name? When I was 10 years old in 2011, I performed a cover on YouTube of Lady Gaga's Born This Way. Lady Gaga ended up seeing the video the next day, and then she invited me to perform the song with her on stage in Toronto, and... That's basically the gist of my story, and so many things have grown and come from there. That's that's the story that Winnipeg knows about me, and I remember during that time, I was 10 years old, I got so much support from the city, and um, it was an incredible feeling to have that support back at home. Even though I was performing in the concert in Toronto, I was like, this is for Winnipeg. And I'm so grateful for the city's support um, of a 10-year-old just doing what she loved. And 
to be in this show in Cavalia now is incredible for me because I get to represent Winnipeg again in this show. Amazing. And so what else have you been doing for the last six, seven <laughs> years since you first burst onto the scene? And we got to give a sh- shout out to Isaac Brock and Daniel Mack, yes, right, Isaac Maria? Brock and Daniel yeah. Mack, our schools. Um, well, yeah, I've been in school. Um, I Again, like flashback, 10 years old, when so many big things were happening. I, I remember coming from the Lady Gaga concert and being like, I, I just want to go back to school <laughs> um, and be a normal kid. And so music still is has always been and will always be a huge part of my life. But um, as for now, I'm a senior in high school. I'm graduating in June. And Wonderful. it's amazing because it's, it's a crazy time in my life right now because now I'll be a part of this show. And also I'm going to be graduating in a few weeks. So Are you going to be a part of every show? Yes, I will be a part so that's of every a, show. It's going to be a busy few weeks for you. It then. will be a busy few And then are you going weeks. on tour or is it as <laughs> exclusive for Winnipeg? Um, for now, it's exclusive for Winnipeg. The show is going to Montreal next. Um, so <laughs> she looks at Normand. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I listened to her in the rehearsal, and you know, Maria has such a gift, which is her voice. You know, she's the singer of the show, and she's such a natural person. I mean, she's 17 years old. I mean, but she doesn't cheat and that that's is one of the most important thing and she's for real and when she come on stage i mean she had to learn for the last couple of weeks because i had that id a couple of weeks ago i remember and we have a common friend and i i called my friend and i say you know do you think she wants to sing she has such a great voice uh and uh, you know she accepted the invitation and Um, it's it's the way she sing the, the emotion she got she 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 come out and the show obviously it's very multidisciplinary multimedia is multi everything but it's you get a, a, you know like into a world of music the music is from the beginning to the end it's very important and the singer is also very important even if Most of the people don't understand what she's saying. She's she's telling kind of the a love story of life. That's what it is roughly. But it's all in Italian. And she had to learn the Italian for the last two weeks, how to sing in Italian. Well, and yesterday I, I, I listened to some of her singing. And uh, we have an Italian singer, permanent touring singer. And they were going along together. I couldn't believe how much she learned all the accent, everything. She, she's just ta- very gifted, very talented. Thank well, <laughs> can, do you have to run away or can you stick around for a few more minutes? Okay. Can, can you do some of that yeah, for us? Okay. <laughs> so we're, that's what's coming up. We're going to hear Maria Aragon sing in Italian with Norman Latorel. <laughs> Founder and artistic director of Cavalia Odiseo. I don't mean I'm going to make you sing as well. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Everybody will uh, uh, we'll go talk, away. We'll talk more Cavalia. It's Mackling and McGarry on 680 CJOB. We promised you a very special treat, but we also have Brett McGarry, some very exclusive news for listeners of 680 CJOB. That's right. Cavalia Odiseo makes its grand debut return, I should say, at the White Big Top at Sterling Lion Parkway and Keniston Boulevard tomorrow. And we were saying it runs until June 10th, but we've just learned it's actually going to run until June 17th. 
So imagine that. Winnipeg is falling in love with this production all over again, and it hasn't even debuted its second run, the first show of its second run. So this is fabulous news. Do not delay. Get your tickets because I imagine they'll go very quickly. And I'll be going to see it on Tuesday night, so I'll give you a review of that on Wednesday morning. But in studio with us, we have the founder and artistic director of Cavalia Odiseo, Norman Latourel, along with local singer Maria Aragon, who had to learn Italian for this. And she's offered to sing some for us. So, yes. Maria Aragon, take it away. Enjoy. Per vedere ciò che sei, ritrovare ciò che hai, curarti le ferite poi, ritrovare la tua anima. Solo amo la vita, il sogno ama solo la vita, credo nel sogno l'amore. La vita, io vivo nel sole e cerco l'amore. Wow. Thank you. This is, this is difficult to do, like in the morning like this, just no music, no, I mean, she's just incredible. She just Yeah, that was uh, angelic. Thank you for, thank you. it's a real privilege. Thank you for to, letting me sing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank you for singing for us. <laughs> you know the wins from the West End? Michael Wynn and BJ Wynn, the wins, they um, have t-shirts at their store, uh-huh. Ice, Ice, uh, Ice Time Sports. West End Legends. I'm going to make sure you get a West End Legend T-shirt, okay? Yeah, you I'm are familiar one. with that name. Yeah, I get DMCI you. DMCI alumni. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. I get you one. Awesome. That's, all, that's all the time we have, I'm afraid. But Norman Latorel and Maria Aragon, thank, thank you, you very much for this. Thank you. Cavalia Odiseo starts tomorrow and just announced now going until June 17th. 70 horses on stage at the White Big Top, Sterling Lion Parkway and Keniston Boulevard. It is going to be spectacular. Get your tickets now and I'll tell you about it on Wednesday morning. That's all the time we have. I'm Brett McGarry. He's Greg Mackling. Thanks to Behind the Glass, Jerry and Shannon Lee Vidal. And thank you for listening to CJOB. And then-